this morning that we serve a faithful God, say amen. He is so faithful to us. Thank you, Pastor Nathan, for that this morning. Great reminder for us today. Uh, in light of uh, our series, uh, which is just entitled Silent, and knowing that we walk through those times when God is silent, it's good to know that we serve a God that's faithful. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 9. We'll be looking at a passage there, and then we're going to be looking at a couple other passages as well, but we're going to start there, Luke chapter 9. Last week, we did start the series entitled Silent, and uh, we talked about how there are times in our life where God is silent, and times when we're actively listening, and we're praying, and we're trusting, and we're looking to God uh, for the answers that we need, and uh, doing all that we know to do, and yet there's still in the those same moments, the heavens are just quiet. They're just silent. And we talked about last week the importance of not giving up, but continuing to trust God and keep believing that God is going to do what he, what he promises to do. We just have to patiently wait for him. And as we wait for him, his felt presence will come and he will provide his peace even in the midst of those silent times of waiting. If you're thankful for the peace of God this morning, say amen. And sometimes God provides us with his peace, and sometimes it's with clear direction, but always his presence comes, and he reminds us that he loves us, and he is there. Today I want us to continue to think about um, you know, these times when God is silent, and I want us to kind of think about this question, should I worry when God is silent. What does his silence mean? Because sometimes God's silence can cause us to become anxious and, and worry over um, why we're not hearing from God. And so I want us to look together at some of the reasons that God may be silent in our lives and how that if we're living and, and waiting upon God in the right way, we should not be worried at all. The first thing I want us to look at this morning is that sometimes God is silent because we're, we're not listening to what he's already told us. We're not listening to what he's already told us. Luke chapter 9 is where I want us to look this morning. Jesus, when we pick up kind of in the middle of this chapter, Jesus is absolutely doing some amazing things. Um, this is after the transfiguration on the mountain. This is, this is during a time where just almost multiple times a day, Jesus is working miracles and lives are being changed. And there's such a buzz about all that Jesus is doing and how incredible he is. And could this be the Messiah? And all these conversations are going on. And we pick up kind of in the middle of all these amazing things happening um, with this passage here. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to begin kind of in the middle of verse 43. Uh, look with me there uh, this morning. It says, while everyone was marveling, here it is, while everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, okay, all of these amazing things happening, and they're just all just wowed by how incredible Jesus is. Look what Jesus does. He, he said to his disciples, so he kind of pulls his disciples away from all of this buzz and all of this noise about the incredible things, and Jesus says this, listen carefully, listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. In the middle of all the buzz and all the excitement and all the things that are taking place, I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of of men. And notice how they respond, the disciples. It says in verse 45, but they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. And then an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. 
Jesus speaks in a very straightforward way, doesn't he? He speaks in a, in a very straightforward way. He tells them straight up what's coming. There's no silence here, right? Jesus is very loud and very direct in what he is saying. He says, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Parents, think about this. How many times have you, all, the kids are all running around doing all kinds of things. Things are going on and you kind of pull them together and you say, listen carefully. I used to say, look me in the eye. Right? Listen to me with your eyes. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Why? Because you wanted them to get it, right? It was really important. That's what kind of Jesus does here. Give me your undivided attention. And still they didn't understand. The message paraphrase, I love how it puts this, this verse, um, verse 45. Here's what it says. They didn't get what he was saying. It was like he was speaking a foreign language and they couldn't make heads or tails of it. But they were embarrassed to ask him what it meant. Now, some would debate, in fact, some do debate why they misunderstood. Some commentators believe that God didn't want them to know. Um, others would say, and I would agree, that it's not because God didn't want them to know, but rather they were just refusing to see it, refusing to listen. They were lacking a spiritual sensitivity to the truth Jesus was speaking. Why would Jesus say, listen very carefully to what I'm about to say if he didn't really want them to hear and understand what he was saying? You see, I believe they chose not to understand because what Jesus was, they chose not to understand what Jesus was speaking to them because what he was speaking to them didn't fit the story that they were living in. What he was speaking to them didn't fit the story that, that was going on around them, where they were living. It messed with their theology. You see, they had created this box for Jesus, right? They created this box for him, and, and, and this, these words that Jesus was speaking didn't fit inside what they were believing about Jesus at the time. I wondered this morning, has Jesus ever messed with your theology? You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Has Jesus ever messed with who you think or believe that he is? Or has he ever messed with what you think he can do? Like, you know, we, we kind of set parameters on what we think. You know, with every situation, let's face it, with every situation that we face, we walk into it almost every time knowing exactly what Jesus should do, Right? and how he should act, and how he should respond. We kind of have this box that we set up and say, this is what I think that Jesus will do. And then Jesus frequently comes along, and, and he just completely blows that out of the water, right? He messes with our theology, how he will lead us, how he will guide us, what he's going to do, how he's going to provide is often different than what we think. In fact, there's a lot of things that come our way a lot of things that come our way that fall outside of the box of what we believe about Jesus and what he should allow into our lives, and everybody said, right? A lot of things come our way like this. Provision doesn't come how or when I expect it. I'm not protected from some storm that I find myself in. My friend doesn't receive the healing that I thought they should. My house burns down. My Christian parents divorce. And this is just my short list. How about you? Right? 
Things happen outside of this, of this box of things, this, this perfect way that we feel like Jesus should always work in our life and, and the things that we think should be allowed into our lives. Trials come. And when these trials come, it often changes our theology just a little bit. And I believe that it could change it for the good. You see, through all of these things, our theology about Jesus can change, but our walk should grow deeper. And our understanding of how, how Jesus can work should go, grow broader. And our, and, our, and our ability to see that Jesus can work even in the midst of the most difficult things that I face. This should be a brand new reality to us that there's nothing impossible for God. He doesn't, always, he doesn't always lead us around what we think should, should or shouldn't be, but a lot of times, as you well know, he leads us right through it. And in the midst of leading us through it, he can provide all that we need along the way. And then all of a sudden, my Jesus isn't stuck in some little box, but my Jesus is the God of the universe who created the heavens and the earth, and there is nothing too hard for him. See, we come, we come to realize that. As we walk through these times, Jesus often speaks in these kinds of moments and he says, you want protection, you want provision, you want deliverance, but there's a trial coming that you're not necessarily going to understand at the time, but if you'll trust me, I will remain faithful to the end. If you'll trust me, I'm going to work powerfully through whatever it is that he guides us through, but we have to trust him. You see, back to the disciples, for their, for their theology, right, their theology said that the Messiah was going to come and deliver the Jews from the oppression of the bondage on earth that they were living in, in their mind, they could only think about Jesus as being this one who would come and triumph over the Romans and set up this earthly kingdom and do amazing things here on earth, lead the Jews to victory, and we all love victory, don't we? You see, that's the kind of idea that they had when Jesus is trying to speak to them. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus was saying, no earthly kingship here. No physical battle here. No defeat of the Romans. What's he say? The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. And it completely disrupted what they had believed. Jesus said, there's a trial coming. There's a trial coming that you're not going to like or understand. But I will work powerfully in spite of it and through it if you will trust me. Isn't that what he was saying? All you have your minds on is what I can do here on earth, but what I'm about to do is gonna change the course of history for all eternity. You see, so often we're worried about the current trial and Jesus is concerned about eternity. He's concerned about preparing us and helping us to understand him in deeper and broader ways than we ever have before. And that's what he was saying to the disciples here. But it didn't fit their theology. So they didn't take any time to try to understand what he was saying. Jesus wasn't telling them what they wanted to hear. And instead of asking and instead of trying to stop and really capture what he said, what do they do? They completely ignore it. They completely change the subject. Notice the very next verse, right? I mean, think about this. In light of all that Jesus is trying to say here, Listen carefully to me. Capture this. Don't miss it, right? Jesus shares it with them. Notice the very next verse, what it says. They started arguing with each other over which of them would be most famous. That's a pretty great response, isn't it? Like completely make it all about themselves. Isn't that what they did? Completely made it all about themselves. And then I thought of this. What do we do? 
Jesus is trying to speak truth into our life a lot of times. He's trying to help teach us and grow us and guide us through situations. And what do we do with those situations? So often we make it all about me. All about me. All about us. We change the subject. And instead of leading into silent times, instead of really a desire to draw near to Jesus and allow him to bring healing and help and wisdom and, 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 and perseverance through a decision, we run to try to find something that's going to make us happy or feel better right when? Right now. We run to embrace something to kind of mask the hurt and the pain, and instead of taking Jesus by the hand and walking the path by faith that he's laid before us and listen to what he's speaking in those dark times of our life, we, we, we just simply don't do it. We don't allow him to reshape our heart. We don't allow him to reshape the box that we put him in. God wants to sit, speak to us about one thing, and we keep shifting the focus to something else. And complain then that he's silent and that he's not working. He's going to keep taking us back, folks, to the one thing he's trying to teach us over and over and over again until we finally learn it, right? We've got to quit changing the subject. Many of you know I'm restoring an old truck. I kind of like old cars, and I'm restoring this old truck, and I've been looking for some parts that I need. And So I had a friend that messaged me one day and said, um, hey, Brian, there's a, there's a parts truck that I saw not too far from you advertised um, for sale, and it might have things on it that you need. And so uh, that got my attention, and, and I, I made a phone call, and sure enough, the guy still had it. And so, like, I hook up, I hook, hook, hook up a trailer. I mean, I'm going to buy this truck, and in my mind, it's, the, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful old truck, right? Of course, it's a parts truck, so you know probably what it was. But I, I get down there, I drive down there, and, and I meet the guy, and the guy meets me in the driveway. The truck's out back somewhere. He meets me in the driveway. And he starts telling me all about this, these trucks and how rare they are. And man, this is a great parts. It's going to have all kinds of parts that you need on it, right? I mean, it's just, you just, I, I, could I see it? You know, can I, can I see what you've got? And he said, okay. So he takes me back to where this truck is. And, and I begin to look, look it over. And I mean, when, I, when it got back there, like it didn't take me long. Like this truck was an absolute mess. I mean, there was rust absolutely everywhere. Every good part that, come to find out, he had a truck just like, I mean, every good part that could have been taken off this truck had been taken off this truck. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, like, I don't want to put this guy down, but I got to at least have some kind of conversation. And so I said, man, like, you know, the, gr the grill's missing. You know, when he called me, he's like, oh, yeah, it's great, you know. The grill's missing. He goes, yeah, but, you know, the, door, the glass in the door is really nice. I'm like, yeah, you know, okay. The cab, man, it's, it's like completely shot and rusted out. And like there was a whole big dent in the top and the side. He's like, yeah, I kind of ran into that with my backhoe. I'm like, yeah, boy, that's not going to do me any good, you know. He's like, yeah, like I know it's dented and all rusted, but man, there's trim around the window. Man, that's really in pretty good shape. I'm like, oh, brother, and you know. Hey, man, the whole front end of this thing is like rusted and fallen off. But did you, he's like, but did you notice the taillight? Like the taillight's good. I'm like, man, this guy's trying to sell me this truck, really. And he just, the more I would talk, he just kept changing the subject, like pointing me to another direction. Obviously, I didn't buy the truck, right? I, I, I drove away. It's still marveling my wife that I actually could drive away from something like that. Normally, I don't. But he just kept changing the subject. How often, right, do we do that with God? Like over and over, 
He's speaking into our lives. He's speaking truth. He's trying to help guide us. And because we don't want to face what we know is coming down the road if we obey, because we think it's going to hurt too much or be too painful, we keep putting him off and complaining that God is silent and not speaking to us and not leading us and not directing us. There's a book written by Joseph Benson. It's called Silent God. And um, there was a quote that jumped out at me recently when I, was, when I was reading that. And here's what he says, and see what you think. God may be silent, he says, about some matters in our lives that we wish he would address. But are we listening to the vast amount of truth he's already revealed through the Bible and in other ways? And then he says this. It may be pointless for us to seek a new word from the Lord if we're ignoring his clear word that's already right in front of us. How much does God speak into our life and we hold at arm's length because we really don't want to hear it? And we keep changing the subject and then we don't see God at work in other ways because God is still trying to draw us back to what he's already speaking to us. So back to my question, should I worry when God is silent? Listen, if we're embracing all the truth that God has given us and we're walking in his way and his will, we're gonna sense his presence and his peace come and we should not worry. But if God is silent this morning and his Holy Spirit is continuing to draw you back to something he's already spoken to you, I encourage you today, you need to make your way back to that truth and allow Jesus Christ to make it come alive in your heart. And everybody said, amen, right? We need to be sensitive to that. The second thing I want you to see this morning, like should I worry, I want you to think about this. God's silence on specific issues may mean we're free to decide ourselves. There are times when God places decisions in our hands and, he, and, and it's decisions between some good, different good things and he says, it's up to you. Now, stick with me on this one, all right? Don't twist what I'm gonna say. Stick with me on this one. God sometimes makes his will known to us in very clear ways. Aren't you glad? He guides us through scripture. We talk about all of that a lot. So keep what I'm gonna share with you uh, in, in perspective. Other times, though, and this is a question that I have asked of me a lot as a pastor. And so, like, I want to try to help you with this today because I think it will help us, all right? But other times we find ourselves needing to make a decision with a deadline looming. Have you ever needed to make a decision and a deadline's coming? Right? There are some decisions that we make and we've got really all the time in the world we can be patient, we can wait. And other times, like, we have to make a decision, and, and God seems silent. If you're a Christian and you're serving him and you're walking in his will, we have to realize that if our heart is clear before God, all right, God has given us a good heart. He's forgiving us. Our, our desire is to walk with him. We've surrendered our lives to God. What we want more than anything is simply to walk in the will of God. That's how we should be as Christians. Amen? Right? He has given us a good heart, right? And so we have to trust that in the moments where he, he, we, we don't know exactly what to do or we don't hear a clear sign from heaven, that it's okay for us to look at those decisions using the good heart that we have and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us and make the best decision possible. I, think, I thought about it like this. I thought about, you know, my kids now have grown up and matured, for the most part, matured. <laughs> My kids now have grown up and they're out on their own. When they were younger, I made absolutely every decision for them, right? And yet now, 
you know, I've, I've raised them, I've, I've, I've taught them, I've poured into them, I've tried to help guide them in decisions in the past, and now it's up to them to have a relationship with God and make decisions on their own. And the same is true for us. I think God trusts that as we mature as believers and that as good choices are laid before us, that we will seek out the very best thing when we don't hear directly from God. He will give us the wisdom and the discernment to go along with a good heart and do what he wants us to do. Author Dallas Willard, he uh, makes this suggestion as we're wrestling with decisions that God is silent, so what do I do? What's the right thing um, in in this decision with a deadline? Here's what he says. The first step is to bring the matter to the Lord and listen for guidance. We should never rush ahead, right? We should always bring it before the Lord. And then there's a process for doing this. He says, I get down on my knees and say, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do, and I'm listening. And then he adds this, speak to me. Speak to me through my friends, through books I read, through your word, through circumstances of my day. Guide me and lead me and help me to be open for direction in other avenues as well, listening for an impression from the Lord. If no impression comes, he says, keep a general attitude of listening, but in a reasonable amount of time, go on and make the best decision possible. Don't make a mess, but make the best decision possible, right? God has given us a good heart, and there are times when he's going to be silent, but we can trust that God will guide us and lead us to do the right thing. I love one other thing that I read that Dallas Willard wrote in in relation to this idea of making the best decision. And he said, you know, God doesn't play games with us. You know, when we seek God and and desire to know his will in a given situation, he doesn't play games with us. And so he says this, direction, this quote's in your handout. You may have to chew on it a little bit, but it's good. Direction will always be made available to the mature disciple if without it, Serious harm would befall people concerned in the matter of the cause of Christ. In other words, God's not going to withhold information from us that's going to that's hurt us or someone around us. Like, God's going to guide us in that. But there's a lot of decisions that we make that, that's not going to do that at all. And so he, at times, leaves it up to us to make the best decision. Listen for his voice and know that he will guide us and lead us. I love the verse. It's my life verse. I've shared that with you before. But it's in Proverbs 3, and here's what it says. This is from the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one that will keep you on track. I love how that says that. And the reality is this. When we don't necessarily hear a a firm, clear direction from God, if we're living, our heart's clear, we're living the life that he's called us to live, we can trust that God God will guide us and lead us to the very best decision. A quick example. Um, uh, The last vehicle I purchased, we needed something different, and uh, it was clear that we needed something different, and so we looked. He did. We, we, we did what you do. We looked, we, we drove different vehicles, we secured financing, we prayed overnight, which is a part that has just always been important to me. I don't buy the same day. I find something, I, I pray overnight. Um, I didn't hear yes, buy it. I didn't hear no, not buy it. But I prayed overnight. My heart was clear. My spirit wasn't checked. It felt right. I proceeded, okay? Did I hear a firm yes or no? I didn't. Did I trust that God was allowing me to make the best decision possible and would guide me different if I, if I felt like that he should? Yes. I have a friend recently that went through the same process. They, they, they did all of those same things, went, drove a vehicle, in fact, kept it overnight and, and prayed about it and thinking about it. And through the course of that time when they had it, 
felt very clear that, you know what, it's not the right time, and was able to take it back and, and drop it off and, and move on. God will guide us. Was there, a, was there a distinct voice, do not do this? No. But was it God gently guiding and leading through the process? Yes. So just trust. Here's the most important thing. Is your heart clear before God? Right? If your heart is clear before God, God has placed within you a good heart, and he's given you wisdom and discernment. Be sensitive to his spirit, and then make the very best decision you can make. So don't, you know, this is a sign. Should I worry when, when uh, there's issues that come up and I don't hear God? As long as your heart is clear before him, don't worry. Just continue to press on and make the decisions using the very best wisdom that God has given you. And I think that helps us to make wise decisions. I also want you to see this morning, should I worry, God's silence, God's silence may be a natural pause as he works out our long-term plans. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Aren't you glad God has a plan for you? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Like, God has a plan for you. And there are times in that plan that God simply pauses as he's work, continuing to work out the longer-term plans for you. Joseph Vince would write about this as well. He says, as God is working in our lives, he may not give us as many details and updates and time schedules as we would like, and everybody said. Like, God never gives us as many time schedules and updates and clear, right, right? We always want to know what's coming down the path, right? He doesn't do that. But he goes on to say, once he points us down a path, he may require us to walk a long way in silent faith before we hear from him again. And the reality is this. There are examples all throughout Scripture of people who walked in silent faith before God, trusting him to do what he promised he would do. When Abraham, you know, you know the story of Abraham, when he was 75 years old, God speaks to him and gives him a promise. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God that we have to stand on? I mean, God speaks to Abraham and he gives him this incredible promise, right? He, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to take you to this place. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a land that I'm going to show you, the land of Canaan. And he says, he, God would later say, I'm, your offspring are going to number the sand by the sea, right? I mean, what an incredible promise that God gives to Abraham, right? And yet you know the problem with that. Abraham and Sarah had no children. I'm going to give you this great, you know, all these offspring, but you have, have no children. When Abraham is 100 years old, 25 years later, 25 years goes by, Abraham's 100, and God keeps his promise, and Isaac is born. And in between 75 and 100, this 25-year span, with just a few uh, exceptions, for the most part, God is silent as he's working out this plan that he has for Abraham. God's silence was not even, not even remotely a sign that he'd abandon him. Aren't you glad today that God's silence is not a sign of abandonment, right? He didn't abandon him at all. He was working out the right plan in his time. Hebrews chapter 11, in, in, in verse 11, it says, By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him, considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and, the, and as countless as sand on the seashore. God worked out his plan for Abraham, and the same is too, true for us. God has a plan for us, and so we don't have to worry at times when God is silent. We just have to simply wait upon him and trust that God will be faithful 
until that promise comes to pass. Keep believing, keep trusting. When I was going through this difficult time this spring and I was seeking help from my doctor for um, the back issues that I was having and he was doing all kinds of things, the doctor was, trying to figure out what was going on. They, they did x-rays multiple times. They did CT scans. They did MRIs. I mean, you've been through that probably, some of you, with things that you faced and, and, and went through all of these different things. And every time, every test that happened, the same result came back. We can't find anything wrong. We can't find anything wrong. We can't find anything clearly, definitively wrong to know exactly what we should do. And, and, and the last time, that I waited for an MRI for weeks and finally got it and they called me on a Friday. The nurse called me and she said, hey, there was nothing definitive on this MRI and so um, um, we just kind of wanted to see what you want to do. I said, uh, she said, do you want to follow up with a doctor? I said, absolutely, I want to, like, as soon as I can. And so she said, well, we'll squeeze you in on Monday. Can you be here at 1245? I said, yes. Yeah. So we drove to Indy, got there 20 minutes early, got us right in, put us in a room, and we waited. And we waited. 30 minutes goes by. Finally, this lady comes in, and she said, hey, we want to get an x-ray. And I thought, of course you do. You know what I mean? It's just the same process. So they take me back, and they do the x-ray, and they take me back to the room, and we waited. And we waited, and we waited, and like 45 minutes goes by, an hour goes by, and we waited a long time. Here's the thing. Things got completely quiet outside the door. Like you, couldn't, you didn't hear anybody move down the hallway. You didn't hear anybody talking. I told Michelle, I said, what in the world is going on? Why is this taking so long? And then I, thought, then I started in. I said, you know, they just squeezed us in today, right? Maybe they forgot we're here. <laughs> and then I started thinking, it's a beautiful day outside. Like it was one of the first really nice days in April, right? I think it's really nice outside. I bet this guy's a fisherman. I bet him and his buddies went to the lake. You know? And then I thought, no, they probably didn't go to the lake. I bet they went to lunch. I bet they're all at lunch. I bet they're, and I just started in and going on. And Michelle's rolling her eyes, you know, going, would you just calm down? They'll be in, you know? And finally I said, I'll give them 10 more minutes. If they're not in here in 10 more minutes, I'm going out there to find out what is going on. It got down to the two minute. I was, I was serious. I was on a countdown, right? It got down to two minutes, and the doctor comes in. He opens the door, and he's got this big smile on his face. And he said, oh, Brian, he said, I know this has been a long road, and, and I'm sorry it's taken so long for me to get even into the room today, but I have to tell you, the x-ray, it, it just showed exactly what the problem is. And he took the next 15 minutes and began to detail every step of the plan to help bring healing to me. And as I've looked back on that and thought about that, I've thought about how many times do we get so anxious in the silence? How many times do we get so worried? And the whole time the doc's out there and he's just putting together the long-range plan, right? He's just making sure he's got everything laid out before he comes and and shares with me what he's going to do. How many times does God do that in our life? You know, there comes a point where after we've waited and waited and waited, God breaks through the silence, and he's like, I've not abandoned you. I've not forgot about you. Now, now watch what I'm going to do. Now, watch how I'm going to work all of this out, and yet we've jumped to conclusions, and, and we've got God, right? We've got God out fishing. We've got God out doing all kinds of stuff. He's sleeping. He's forgot about me. He's abandoned me. He doesn't care about me. You know, if God was God, why this? And the whole time, God's just saying, just be patient. I've got a plan. My timing's going to be perfect. Just wait upon me don't worry don't fret don't be afraid 
just trust that I am working on your behalf, even in the silence. Should I worry? Should I worry when God is silent? Well, let me ask you this. Are you listening to God? Are you listening to what God has already spoken to you? In other words, are you walking in full obedience to God? Are you walking in all the light that God has shed on your path? If the answer to that is yes, just be patient, don't worry, and wait upon Him. If the answer is no, if the Holy Spirit has shown you this morning, you know what, God, you were speaking to me about this area of my life, and, and I've been holding you off. Can I just tell you today, you need to get your heart clear before God. You need to take steps forward in faith and say, God, I'm going to allow you to work in this area, and I'm going to trust you to take care of what's coming down the road. So see, even if we have that, we still shouldn't worry because we know what the answer is. We simply have to come to him. Is your heart clear before God in all things? You see, before we can make decisions, and maybe you're making decisions right now or faced with some decisions that have deadlines, and you've got you've to come up with some answers to those decisions, can I just tell you today, make sure your heart is clear before God, and maybe you need to come this morning and just simply call out to God and say, God, give me a clear heart and a clear mind to be able to hear your voice and to have the discernment that I need to make the decisions that are coming because God wants to give us that. And maybe we just need to, maybe you're worried because God's plan hasn't played out yet and you've allowed that anxiety and that fear to just overwhelm you and you need to come today and just say, Lord, I lay it at your feet and I'm gonna trust in your long-term plan for me and even though you might be silent today, I know it's true, you're going to be faithful to the end. And so let God's peace and his presence wash over you today. Don't worry. Don't fear. Just trust him. Pastor Nathan's going to come this morning. I'd like for you to stand with me. And I know you got a lot, there's been a lot today, a lot of different things to think about, a lot of different avenues. Um, I share with somebody this morning that really a little more teaching than normal for me. But I want you to, I want you to let the Holy Spirit apply these, these truths right now and respond to his voice today. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we um, thank you this morning that you are a faithful God. We're thankful this morning that um, you care about us and love us more deeply and broadly than we could ever comprehend or imagine. And I pray that we would be reminded today that your silence is, is not evidence of a lack of love for us. You love us more than we could ever know. And so I pray, Lord, today that your Holy Spirit would draw us to you this morning that, Lord, you'd help us to walk in all the truth you've given us and be quick, Lord, today to allow your Holy Spirit to mold us and shape us and, and become what you want us to be in every area. Give us clear hearts before you. I pray, Lord, that, that you'd help us to come today and pray and seek you um, with all of our heart and desire, Lord, to hear from you today. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you today for your presence. In Jesus' name.